Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly, E-Y-S, and I'm a recovered compulsive over, overeater and bulimic from Tulsa, Oklahoma. So today is Thursday, March the 5th, 2020. Is that right? Yep, that's right. Today we're on page 95, second paragraph in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It says, if he is not interested... We'll be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. So today our readers are, for the 12 Steps and Marie 12 Traditions, Terry H. And the readers of our text will be Raj G., Russ M., and Katie G. Our newcomer greeter today is Reva P., and our second hour host will be Deb W. The reference numbers for Wednesday, yesterday, March the 4th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 14210. 14210 and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time 14212. 14212. So, ROA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I'll now have Anne-Marie M. read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Thank you, Kelly. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Okay, so now Terry H. will read the Twelve Traditions. Good morning, Terry. Uh, this is Terry H., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Pensacola, the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare, 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to a compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility, faculty, uh, or outside enterprise, less problem of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, our OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ <clears throat> certain special workers. Nine, OA as such should never be organized, but, be, but, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain a personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Well, thank you so much, Terry H. Appreciate it. So here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. And if you go over, I'll say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as a compulsive overeater only. Uh, Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you'll press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And please no speaker phones. Um, So okay, so today we're in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And we're resuming our study. We're on page 95, second paragraph there that says, if he is not interested. And uh, reading and commenting on that one paragraph. And Roz G is gonna get us started. Good morning, Roz. Good morning. My name is Roz G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God uh, in Palmdale, California. And here's the paragraph. If, If he is not interested in your solution, if he expects you to act only as a banker for his financial difficulties or a nurse for his sprees, you may have to drop him until he changes his mind. This he may do 
after he get hurt, gets hurt some more. What this paragraph says to me is there's some words that, that come out to me. Humility, boundaries, and the dignity of their own experience. And as was read in the traditions a few minutes ago, my job is to carry the message to the, to the, the man that is still sick. I have been in OA since 2002 and have had various sponsoring experiences and I've made all the mistakes and there's probably more that I still have to make. But that's make, that makes me a human. Um, but I have learned, and, you know, I'm so grateful for the, you know, the sister program that I work with, Behaviors and Relationships, because it has taught me through the years to allow people to have the dignity of their own experience, to allow them to feel their feelings to experience the pain that needs to be experienced in order to to have the desire to want to the desperation to come to a place where they just like you know what i i ain't got no more ideas i'm out of ideas because if i if i simply you know allow if a person says to me oh i ate this over and over and over again i'm not helping them and I've had to do that on occasion. I've had to, to, to drop sponsees who continue to eat. And it's, it, I don't like to do that. You know, it's, it's not, it, it feels bad. But on the whole, it really does help them in the end. Um, one of my practices is to, to, to kind of work as a group in the beginning. If, if a, you know, a few people ask me to sponsor them at once. I've done groups like we'll, you know, call in the morning, we'll have a conference call number and we'll all do the first three steps together. And um, I remember this one person two weeks in a row didn't call and here I am getting up very early in the morning to go over the steps with them. And this person's, you know, oh, uh, uh, I'll call you late. You know, they're not like, they're, they're not thinking, they're not awake. They're not in a, in a point where they're saying, oh my gosh, I, I better call on time. So I let that person go, and they weren't expecting it. But, you know, later on, the person sent me a text message and said, you know what, I'm very thankful that you did that because I needed I needed that. I needed to be shocked <laughs> into, into a, a place where, like, this person is serious. And I'm serious about my work here. I, I'm not going to just... If, if I'm going to do the work, you're going to do the work. And the big book says it here. This he may do after he gets hurt some more. And while I don't want someone to Time, get hurt. Time, please. And I will, I will wrap up by saying, while I don't want somebody to get hurt, I do want them to experience their own dignity, the dignity of their own experience. With that, I pass. Thank you. Well, thank you for getting us started, Roz. All right, so... Uh, we're on page 95 in the big book, second paragraph, if he is not interested. If you haven't shared in the last couple of days, we'd love to hear from you. So give me your first name and the first initial of your last. Diane B. Kim G. Kim G. Kim G. Was that Amy? Yes. Okay, Amy G. Nancy P. Nancy P. Somebody else on with Nancy I didn't get. Elena C. Maya K. Elena C. Maya 
Vasa O. All right, let's stop there. Um, Diane, I didn't get your initial. Kim G, Amy G, Nancy P, Elena C, Maya, I didn't get your initial, and Vasa O. So if you guys can make sure you're muted, star one, we'll get started with uh, Diane. What's the first initial of your last name? Good morning. This is Diane B in New York, recovered. B as in boy? B as in boy, yes. Gotcha. Thanks, Diane. Thank you, Kelly. So um, this is a great paragraph because there's so much to learn in here. Um, I have made many mistakes uh, sponsoring people or at this point even just trying to get the person to um, recognize that perhaps they need some help. Um, but my job is not to, to fix the person. That's not how I do service. I'm doing service by letting them do their own thing and learning from their own mistakes. But there was, a, I remember with one particular uh, person, I took her to the grocery store. I drove her. She needed the ride. And what I did there, the purpose of us going, was that I um, showed her how to read labels because she did not know how to read the nutritional label. And so that was um, something that she asked me about, and I said, let's just go to the grocery store. We'll do it. I did have her make a list before we left, before we went. And so um, I was able to explain things to her. I showed her how to read the labels, but the rest of it was left up to my higher power and to her higher power and to herself. Um, I'm not helping her or anyone if I'm doing things for them. And, you know, there's this expression, give a man a fish, um, and we know the rest of it, and I really believe that, that if I'm doing something for him or her, then that's not helping them, but if I can teach them how to do it, then, or or demonstrate or show them through my actions, you know, being a model, um, I think that that is really very much more effective, and um, the rest of it's up to my higher power and up to the person's higher power. So with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much, Diane B. Next up, Kim G., followed by Amy G. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G., and I've been recovered since January 2011. And, you know, these next three paragraphs are just such clear instructions. You know, if, if, if they're not interested, leave them alone. If they are interested, move forward in the work. And if they want to do it another way, encourage them to follow their own conscience. But I want to look at this from an entirely different angle. Let's look at this from people on the line who are looking for a sponsor. And if you're a sponsee, you know, I often hear, you know, I was fired. I was fired. You know, and as a sponsor, I think we do need to be clear what we require. Because we can have requirements. You know, I personally require all the food has to be 100% down, as the big book tells us. I have requirements of times that we meet. I have requirements of number of phone calls, assignments, meetings, et cetera. I'm also very clear about what I don't offer. I'm not a diet buddy. I'm not your life coach. So what is, you know, that defines any length. So as a sponsee, if you're not willing to put the food down, if you're going to try to argue, if you're going to try to negotiate, are you trying to barter that, is that your sponsor's firing you or are you firing yourself? If you miss appointments, as was just described, if you're not committing your food on a daily basis, which I personally require, if you don't make your phone calls, are you being fired or are you firing yourself? If other life events become more important, if you're not willing to change your life in order to focus on this recovery and you're expecting your sponsor to accommodate you, are, they, are you really being fired or are you firing yourself? 
you know, I think to myself, I have a job. You know, my job has certain attendance policies, number of days you can be out, the number of times that you're going to, you know, be late and you're going to be written up. And people get let go on a regular basis for not uh, adhering to policy. You know, we have a, a certain data entry goals in another department. If you don't process so many claims, you're going to be let go. Is it really the company that is firing somebody or is it the employee that's not meeting the requirements? You know, my experience is those that do minimum work get minimum um, uh, results from that. So, for example, I require two phone calls a day. I often get people that will say, well, what does a voicemail count? Does a text count? You know, if I went to the store for M&Ms and they were out, I would go to the next store and the next store and the next store. I need to pursue this program of recovery the way that I pursued M&Ms. Because my experience is that your recovery needs to be your recovery. Your recovery is going to be more about what you do between the times you speak with your sponsor than the times you actually speak to your sponsor. So the question is, are you committed to recover as a sponsee versus is your sponsor committed to help you in that way? And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim G. All right, next up, Amy G. followed by Nancy P. Hey, Amy. Hey, Kelly. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Thanks, everyone, for this meeting. Boy, I could just say ditto. <laughs> um, I just love how these paragraphs are laid out. Um, oh, my name's Amy. I'm a recovery compulsive reader from Maryland. You know, on the one hand, we just did the paragraph yesterday, offer them friendship on the, and fellowship. And we can do that at all times. But on the other hand, it says here, you know, if they ask us to sponsor them or if we become their sponsor, there, there are boundaries. And there, and there are requirements. If someone asks me to sponsor them, I'm going to tell them up front how I sponsor, what I require, and this is what I do. And then I'll give them to read in the big book and think about it, pray about it, and call me back. I mean, the reality of frothy emotional appeal, pe- many people say they're willing, but they may not be willing and ready. And I can, I can just say that from my own experience in my first uh, five years in OA. I said I was ready. I was willing to admit powerlessness. No problem there. But was I really willing to take the actual action steps? And if someone comes back and says, yes, I'm ready, I'm going to get in the trenches with you because that's what we do when we carry the message. I'm going to get in the trenches. I'm going to do everything I can to help you. And what I have found is that when we start working, it becomes very clear because this is a program of action that whether they're truly willing and ready to take those action steps, it becomes very clear whether or not they're ready. And it says, you know, you may have to drop them until him until he changes his mind. Who changes his mind? I don't change his mind. That person does. You know, we say we let the disease do the convincing. I can't convince you to take the action steps. I can't convince the sponsee that they're a compulsive reader. That's their job. You know, the saying is, love you, hate the disease. And there have been times where I've had to say and had to let go because I refuse to enable the disease. I refuse to pretend that I don't see what I see and call a spade a spade when it comes to this disease and my my sponsoring. Again, I'll get in the trenches with you, but I'll also say the disease when I see a pattern of behavior or disease and whether or not I need to let you go. And that is hard. But that's the way sponsorship is, and that's what we do when we carry this message. These are the instructions. We need to follow them. 
and with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Amy G. Next up, Nancy P., followed by Elena. Hey, Nancy. Hey, Kelly. Thanks for letting me share. This is Nancy P. calling from West Newton, Massachusetts. So um, Kim stole my thunder, and then it was followed up by Amy's taking more of it. I just feel like they explained this so well. But I do, I do have a couple of things to say, which is um, when I back off, if somebody doesn't want to do this, that's an indication to me that I'm getting closer to my creator. And in the end, that's what it's about for me. I mean, I'd love to help people. I'm, as has been said, I'm afraid not to, to keep my own recovery going. But when I, when I let go, when I surrender, that's when I feel the presence of my creator. I really feel close to my higher power when, um, when I let go, because it's my wish to help people, my desire to help people is so great because of the help that I received, and I'm so grateful for that. I, it changed my life completely. Um, you know, it hurts, it pinches to let go. I don't let go of people that, or, and I don't try to persuade people. I mean, neither. I just, and myself, I have one message. We all know what it is. We, you all know what it is for me. Um, and and when it's not falling on fertile soil, you know, then I understand that my my higher power is saying, stop, come close to me. I need you. I need you to see somebody else. I need you to talk to somebody else. And um, and it's a source of serenity. The sponsees that stick with it and do the work, and the sponsees, the former sponsees, or the ex-sponsees, or the ones that we decided in the beginning probably wouldn't work. Um, it's okay. All of it is okay. I'm just, you know, one fish in this gigantic river. And, um, you know, I, I, I was just talking to somebody on the phone yesterday that was, I don't know, she just wasn't, she couldn't, I made a, an outreach call and she didn't really know what to say. And, and so we started talking about our various life situations. And I said, you know, it can be done in spite of pain. And that's, you know, I said a little bit more than that, but that was my message. And, um, and then we get off the phone and I, you know, and I prayed for her and, and I moved on. Like, you know, that's what my job is. That's what my higher power wants me to do. And my, the object of this book is for me to get a strong relationship with a power greater than myself that will allow me to put the food down and to live a life of sane and happy usefulness. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Next up, Elena C. followed by Maya. Good morning, Elena. Is it Elena or Elaine? Good morning. Can you hear me? I can now. Sure. Good morning. Good morning, my fellows. And I am so glad to be attending this meeting. And, you know, this paragraph is reminding me of the boundaries that I cannot cross as a sponsor, not about necessarily about their boundaries. But, you know, I can't do this. I can't talk to people about their families, you know. If that's not my job, um, I cannot, like, go over there and just take that responsibility from them, the responsibility that, that is theirs only, um, the responsibility to pick up the pieces and go through pain and go through the beautiful work to recover. You know, I, I can't do that. 
And so, and when I do that, when I cross that boundary for me, then, you know, chances are they're not going to get better because they, I deprive them of their own journey, their own um, beautiful relationship with their own higher power, their own understanding. And that ends up hurting them. And that to me, Today sounds like codependency, and you know this word is not anywhere mentioned in this big book. But this is a, a line. That's a line to just kind of let the other person be, and don't take the pain away. The pain is necessary for growth, because the my pain was necessary. My pain was necessary to be where I am today, um, and I am grateful for the pain. And I need to let them. Be grateful, too. Um, and then, you know, and again, there's a cosmic timing. That's what I hear from in, in, this, in this room, the cosmic timing. It's, it's the journey that everybody has. When, and there's a time when they turn, people turn, turn towards, towards God, towards people to help them. And I can't change that for anybody. I was. I would hate if somebody would just step on my shoes and change that for me. That's not going to work. And with that, I'll pass it. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Elena. So next up is Maya followed by Vasa O. Maya, I didn't get the initial of your last name. Oh, hi. I'm Maya Kay from New York. Thanks. Um, both of Overeater and Bulimic. <clears throat> Um, it's really um, good to hear this paragraph because um, um, especially the way I grew up, um, I guess I was kind of taken advantage of in my family. So it's good to be able to say, you know, I can't, you know, this is what I have to offer, um, but there are boundaries. But uh, in my experience in OA um, and my journey in OA, I've had, this one sponsor who's just a miracle person to me. She's, when I saw what she had, I wanted it. And she's just pure love and just a gift from God. And she never fired me. Uh, if anything, I strayed from her and tried a million other sponsors, maybe like looking for someone who's more strict or more this, but she's just got an amazing program. And, um, and she always loved me, and I always loved her, and I would call her, but I would just try different things. And um, my, I feel like my program is so strong because of her and um, and my and my abstinence. And and it was I just had to be ready. Um, but she she never fired me. But um, um, I do have to say I I had a sponsee, and she she was trying to. I think she kind of, I like that saying, fired herself because she was trying to talk me into her form of program and I couldn't, it was enabling her really, but she was trying to, you know, say, uh, well, can I do this fast detox thing? I said, well, that's not what I, I my program is about and what I would do and, and you know, can I have a drink, this and that, this isn't what I do, whatever. And eventually she said she wasn't losing fa- weight fast enough. And so, you know, um, it kind of became a mutual thing where I didn't have what she wanted. She didn't have what I wanted. So I, you know, I don't like firing people. So I just feel like 
it, it all works out. And um, it's just an amazing program, um, OA. And um, I just stay in it, and I just make sure everything's backed by love with what I do. And, and I listen to whatever I hear. I mean, whatever I hear, I just see, is it backed by love? Because to me, you know, God is love. So um, that's how I kind of, that's like the litmus test. And um, anyway, um, I've just, um, I'm just really grateful for the recovery I've had in OA. And um, I I just need to share that, you know, there's fear in recovery for me sometimes because it feels so good sometimes. I have to say I don't want to lose it. So I'm just praying to, you know, for, for, um, to be rid of my self-centered fear and just to have uh, God run my life today um, and everybody else's lives today. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you for sharing, Maya Kay. Next up, Vasa O, and then we'll be opening it up for more shares. Good morning, Vasa. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive. We are going from Florida and pain with my persuader. And uh, no one could have done done it for me. I knew I needed to do it for myself. And I remember my sponsor saying to me, you're so easy to sponsor. Well, I was so easy because I was willing and I was ready to do the work. And somehow I didn't make a lot of mistakes at the beginning. I just wanted to save other people from their addiction. Well, it's... Not like that, you know, sometimes like people might want it, but they're not ready to will it. They're not ready to do the work. And if somebody is unmuted, so please press star one to mute, whatever button you got to mute. Thank you. So um, in this paragraph, it's a good reminder for me. That's why I keep coming. I've been coming here for 34 years. I'm a forgetter. And I need to be reminded each time with ever, everything we read and we have the discussion because I don't want to forget. I don't want to ever, ever go back into the food addiction and my craziness, my crazy life. And, I've, you know, as I said, I've made mistakes. I remember there was a woman asked me to sponsor her, and I, and I said, well, call me like 9 o'clock in the morning or something. So she said, well, I'm up watching TV all night. I'm sleeping till like 11 or 12 o'clock at night in the morning, so I can't call you. You know what? If somebody told me to call them 3 o'clock a.m. in the morning, I would have gotten up and I, call, and I would have called them. So I've had a lot of good and, and, and not so good experiences. And I had a woman that was in and out. We became like sisters and she would call me every morning, five days a week, talk about her problems. Have you gone to a meeting? Are you, what are you doing, you know, for your recovery? She was not interested. And I told her after many, many years that, you know, you're going to go to meetings. You're going you're gonna to do this for yourself. And she got angry at me, and she dropped me. And I said, God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. It was the beginning of my recovery, you know. I wanted to be the nice, you know, the enabler. Maybe she'll get it someday. Give her the time and be patient. Well, it wasn't working. So God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. So, again, I, you know, I was at the place where I, I, had, I was so desperate 
and I was willing to do whatever it took. And I somebody gave me this book, the big book. I'll, that's my time. And I could not wait to go home and read it. And I'm so grateful, and I've stuck with it all these years. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Vasa O. Okay, so if you're just joining us, we are on page 95 of the big book, second paragraph, if he is not interested. If you haven't shared in the last couple of days and would like to, give me your first name and the initial of your last. Katie G. From Georgia. Katie T. I got Katie G. I think I got Katie T. I got Chuck. Tamara C. Tamara C. Who else? Margaret D. Margaret D. Pamela B. Pamela B. Was there anybody else I heard? I heard a lot of voices. I wasn't sure if I got them all. Well, maybe I did. All right. Well, let's all press star one because it sounds like somebody's unmuted. Uh, the lineup I have, uh, if it's correct, is Katie G, Katie T, I think, Chuck K, uh, Tamara C, Margaret D, Pamela R B. All right, Katie, you're up. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> you know, uh, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I am so grateful for every sponsor who let me go. I am so grateful for her because for the first time in my life, like I thought that your job was to do what I wanted you to do and to let me do what I wanted to do. And every sponsor that said to me, Katie, you you didn't do what I asked, taught me that my actions actually have consequences right? And I don't want to deal with consequences. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I wanted you to do what you what what I wanted you to do, right? And so I'm so grateful for the women who still have the courage to say to me, Katie, no, you got to go that way. Right. And, um, you know, I think um, another area that has been so helpful for me is somebody mentioned, you know, being real clear up front. And I have learned by the women who walk before me, I have sponsee ideals. Similar to my sex ideals, I have an image of who God would have me be as a sponsee in this program and who God has me as a sponsor. And so when we start talking after we've gotten to know each other and and you think you might want to work with me, I outline very clearly for you. There are no sucker punches. There are no, and I'm not asking you to do anything that I don't do. It's not, it's not outside of the parameters of this big book, and it's not anything I don't do already. And so, so a lot of times I made so many mistakes because I didn't know I was going in blindly working with women, and I wasn't telling them up front, um, this, is, this, is how I, this is how I work my program. And if you want to work with me, this is how we're going to work together. You know, and, it, and recently within the last year, I found, you know, this line – you know, um, I, I can't be a banker. I can't be, you know, a nurse or spreeze. I, I love this dialogue that we need to be friends, but, but I think it needs to be within the in the um, context that the book, big book is telling me, right? So I got very involved with a sponsee. Things were going well, but then. I found that our phone calls were focused on her problems. And I was there too. When I first came in, I was like, look, I'm 26. I don't have a boyfriend and I haven't been to grad school. Fix me. 
And I wanted to put the boyfriend in grad school first. And what I had to learn is I had to put spiritual matters first. I had to put my recovery from this disease first. And in working with this woman, what I found is that we were not putting the steps first. I am not a therapist. I am a recovered compulsive overeater who for today has a solution that's all I can share. What a gift. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Katie G. And was there Katie T? Well, maybe I was hearing things. All right, Chuck, were you out there? I'm here. This is Chuck from Georgia. Can you hear me? I can, Chuck. So the thing I've been thinking about this morning is my youngest son. I have four children, and my youngest son had the hardest time tying his shoes. Couldn't get it. Grandma and Grandpa bought him Velcro shoes. Mommy and Daddy wouldn't let him wear them. And he thought, if you'd asked him, we were the meanest Mommy and Daddy ever was. We were so mean. The problem and the perspective I learned out of that is I knew and saw things that he could not see and that he did not know. His perspective was we were mean. But anybody on this line, particularly those that have children, understand that we were not doing that out of meanness, out of ugliness. We were doing that because we loved him. We could see things he couldn't, and we knew things that he didn't know, that he has to learn. And sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes that's painful. When I'm honest about this program, this program, to a large extent, is based on love and honesty. And when I'm honest with myself, I understand that I will kill myself with food. I will commit suicide with food and don't even realize it. That's what I'll do. So if I'm sponsoring someone and I'm not able to be loving and uh, honest with them, guess what? I'm going to let I'm going to kill them basically. I just had a very good fellow this morning tell me that I would rather you um I would rather you hate me than like me and kill yourself with food. And I think sometimes when we when we look when we look at this big problem and the consequences that it has, we have to understand that we're not being ugly, we're not being mean. If we're doing these things and we're going along with a sponsee and we're trying to be liked or whatever we've got going on, we're just enabling them, and that's going to kill them. So I think that was an important lesson that I needed to hear. And I'm, I'm, I'm just glad that I've got a place to share it and I've got a place to learn it. Have a good day. Thank you so much, Chuck. Okay. Um, Tamara C., followed by Margaret D. Tamara? For Tamara? Hi, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's Tamara C. in South Carolina, um, compulsive eater. So this is all reminding me of this uh, very old spiritual story that's in multiple traditions um, of a man who's walking down the street and sees this, uh, you know, locust in a cocoon struggling to get out. And in his compassion, he, 
you know, goes home and gets a pair of scissors or a knife and comes back and, and cuts the cocoon to help this locust get out. Well, sure enough, um, you know, the locust has not developed uh, its wings. And so in that case, the compassion really didn't help the locust at all, uh, that the struggling in that cocoon was uh, important for the locust to grow um, and develop into what it needed to be with wings. So I know for myself, um, I'm struggling and still in this cocoon. And um, I guess I'm seeing all of this more in the beginning. I took, you know, being dropped as, you know, a very personal thing. But I see uh, how this is all my higher power. And we talk about, you know, there's only one authority and that's a higher power. And I feel like if I look at the program from a wider perspective, everything that's happening in my life and with my struggles with all of this and the multiple fellows that I talk to and the multiple sponsors that I have, it's all in line. It's all part of my cocoon and it's required in order for me to grow my wings in this program. Um, I don't think I could get the promises. I don't think I could get the recovery without all of this. Um, it's important for me to really identify in for myself, um, not for anybody else or how anybody else's identification looks or, you know, what their, what their disease looks like, but I need to spend the time struggling to get my own um, and, and to get my own higher power. If the truth of this book is, you know, that I need to find my own higher power, all of this is required. And, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful to be seeing that this morning, to be seeing these things from a wider perspective um, through all of you and through this book um, and through other fellows that I've talked to and through all of your shared experiences about, you know, what it took you to get there. Um, so I just, you know, I just wanna say how thankful I am for everybody on the line, for this book, for my own struggles and, um, you know, I just, um, I'm just going to keep coming back and trudging along. So with all of you and um, thanks for letting me share and thanks for your service, Kelly. Thanks, Tamara. Okay. Next up, Margaret D followed by Pam R B. Hey, Margaret. Hey, I was going to say, Hey, Margaret. Well, Hey, um, hey Kate. <laughs> <laughs> me in Georgia and I'm very grateful to be recovered to be a recovered compulsive eater through God's grace and mercy. This is going to be kind of a quick share. Um, because this is a spiritual program, some of the things that I learned was, um, and this was over a long, long period of time, believe me, um, that the only thing that would keep me from recovering was contempt prior to investigation. Um, and it, so that thought brings me to another one, which is um, something that I learned through trial and error <clears throat> was when I um, set, when I tell somebody or even suggest or hint or whatever, um, what they are to do, then I've kind of put myself in a master-slave relationship 
And if I'm the master, there's only one other place that somebody else has got to be the slave. And that that while that's a spiritual principle, it's not the one that I want to follow. It just doesn't bring about results in that it, it harms me and it harms other people. Um, so it brings me to what is the principle that I do want to follow, which is um, I can suggest by saying, not suggest, but all I can do is share my experience. That's, that's what I do. I share my experience. Yes, I tried that. I balked at every you know, step of the way. And it put my recovery off by years or whatever long, and I went in and out. Um, my strength was that my higher power was always there and kept urging me onward. And, and I had this inner voice that said, you're not a bad person. This is not about sin. Um, or being bad or good. This is about trying to become, this is about healing and hope and love. And then um, my hope was that my higher power would never give up on me. And it, and my higher power has never given up on me. Um, so I guess as far as sponsoring and being sponsored and the whole idea of sponsorship is concerned, it's a relationship, and all I can really do is, you know, try and be somebody's recovering friend. Um, and I know there are parameters around that and everything else, but if I forget that it is a relationship of two compulsive eaters, then I'm kind of screwed. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Perfect timing. All right. So next up, Pamela R. B., and then we'll have time for a couple more shares. Hey, Pamela. Hey, good morning, Kelly. Good morning, uh, fellows. Um, I am so excited to be here, and what a great paragraph here. I'm thinking about the fact that recently um, there was a sponsee I had to, uh, I had to let go of. And uh, a big part of, I remember my first husband, saying, my last husband, I'm sorry, said to me, he says, um, you can't deny an addict their pain. And I didn't understand that. I was very new in the program. He came in the program like three years before I did. And so um, I, I didn't understand it, but now I do. You know, I don't know what a person's bottom is. I don't know what their, the desperation that they have or, or could have. And I don't want to interfere with that process. And so today, I say that when I sponsor, you know. I don't know if you've hit your bottom. I can't determine that. But working with you will give me some indications if you have, uh, if you are desperate enough to work. And here is what I have to offer. So I go in with an outline and I say this is it. So with this last person recently um, that I had to let go of, uh, the primary thing that was said was uh, I always ask my sponsees, um, hey, listen, what are your trigger foods? That's the first question I ask. And then they tell me. I say, okay, here's what I need you to do. I need you to come off of everything and be clean for several days before, you know. And I follow the book. You know, it is not my program. It's the program that's written here in these pages, this is what I follow. And so when they are able to do that, then I can work with them. Well, anyways, 
I looked at what was seen, and then I realized, oh, my goodness, these are, these are the exact foods that she says she's allergic to and she's having them. And so, you know, I struggled with that initially because I'm a people pleaser. And then I thought, no, I'm not going to harm her or myself. And I didn't know how to say it, but I was able to say, you know, in order for me to not harm you or myself, here's how I sponsor. And I said this in the beginning, and I wish you well, you know. And I'm very grateful because what it does for me, it allows me to grow up and take responsibility for what I know to be true. And the big book is very clear on that. You know, before a man is approached, his brain must be cleared. And today I understand that because I will do more harm than good when I'm trying to be their friend. So I'm very grateful that that's not a, uh, an option for me. And you know what? And when I do that, there's another person standing in the wing wanting what it is that I have to offer. And I always leave that door open for people to call me because sometimes they are confused. But I know it. I have to be honest about who I can sponsor and who I can't. So thank you all again for being here. And have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for your share. Okay, we have time for a couple more shares. If you'd like to share on uh, page 95, second paragraph, if he's not interested. Mary Ann V. Mary Ann. Linda D. And Linda D. All right, was it Mary Ann V? V And then Victor? Yep. Okay, Okay. go. You're up. All right, I just wanted to share on... um, yeah, how I work with people in regards to what we just read. I um, was in OA for many, many years, in and out, relapse and recovery, and um, went to another food fellowship that was extremely strict and had a lot of rules that sponsors gave you. And what that triggered in me was the good girl syndrome, and I felt like I had to do everything perfectly, make three phone calls a day, go to so many meetings, do this, do that, And um, I was always trying to be perfect and always feeling, uh, even though I was abstinent and was going through the steps uh, in various ways, I didn't feel um, like I was good enough. And so I came back to OA because of the vision meetings. And and as a sponsor, I've gone through the steps, so I consider myself recovered and doing my best to live in 10, 11, and 12. And I see my role as a sponsor is sharing what I do to recover and, um, you know, being an example and offering people some guidance, but no rules about how many phone calls or how many meetings or anything like that. I, I listen to this meeting uh, five days a week. I listen to the meeting on Sunday. I go to two face-to-face meetings, and that's the example I set. Uh, and I and I do my very best to live the 12 steps. And I feel like as a sponsor, my goal is to get people through the steps so they can live in 10, 11, and 12 and then move on to the next person to help them do the same and hope that my sponsees will, you know, follow my examples and share with them what I do to recover, but I don't have rules about meetings or phone calls or anything else. Uh, but... You know, if people don't want to do those things, eventually they're going to, you know, struggle, and they'll find out that those things were valuable. And in this program, I make phone calls because I want to, 
because I am living the 12 steps and I want to make phone calls. I want to go to meetings. It's part of my 10, 11, and 12. And I'm willing to do that for myself and for my fellows, uh, not because my sponsor's wanting me to tell her that I did this and I did that and did I do my three phone calls and did I go to my meetings and if not, why not, et cetera. I don't want to spend time being the OA police. So that's what I had to share today. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Mary Ann. Next up, last year, Linda D. Hi, everybody. Linda. It's Linda. Oh. Hi, everybody. It's Hi. Linda D. in Connecticut. Um, I'm so grateful to be recovered. Um, I live in a very old house. It has big timbers that hold up the first floor. So when you're in the cellar, you see those timbers. And I remember a time when I was trying to figure out how to get a rope around there so I could hang myself. That's a really, really uh, apt description. That that really happened. Uh, I wasn't clever enough to do that, and gratefully, I wasn't brave enough to do it. Um, that's how ugly the disease gets, and I'm going to see that. I'm going to, and I I'm sure there are people on the line who think, well, they would never let it get that bad. Uh, guess again. That's the nature of this. It gets very ugly in its own unique way. So um, I've never known how to sponsor before you guys and all the stuff I'm learning right now. And I've made all the mistakes. And um, I don't want to be a cop either. But I like the way my sponsor sponsors, very similar to the person who just spoke. Um, she leads with love and... Um, and that's the way to do it. And I have to you use the techniques that I'm learning from you guys, but I never, ever want to sound like a cop because these people are scared to death. And some of them aren't scared enough. And it's not easy. It's, this is not easy. And it's so worthwhile. It, recovery is just wonderful. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. Bye. All right, well, we have time for a one-minute share if anybody wants it. Burning desire. Hi, this is Kim A. Do it, Kim. Hi, thanks. So, yeah, as a sponsor, I feel that the only thing I can do is share what I've learned, what has worked for me, and that's the same way that I sponsor, the way that I was sponsored. And the big book tells us many times that, you know, we can't be overly um, pushy. We can't seem like we're selling this. We can't seem like we're trying to persuade anybody. We will spoil a later opportunity, you know, for that particular newcomer when they're ready to feel like this is a good fit for them. Um, you know, we're not necessarily in a position of authority, but we're in that unique position where we can help another suffering compulsive eater just by telling them what happened to us, the way that we used to eat, so they can see that we really get it, and just by explaining what has worked for us. If they don't feel it, it can work for them, then, okay, you know, they're free to try something else, and maybe what worked for us won't work for them. So time, please. You know, okay, thank you. I will wrap up, and thanks for letting me share. Thanks for your service. Well, thanks for taking that last minute. So thanks to everyone who shared and for Team Thursday. Um, 
So join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for this meeting, Thursday, March 5th, is 14217. 14217. So we'll now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Russ M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thanks, Kelly. Russ M. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of, some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.